Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. I've got Mike Parsons with me today and we're going to be talking about things that are yet to come. And I just want to encourage all of you to subscribe and like these, get these out to your friends, share it. Uh, we, you know, everything that you can do helps get the algorithms going so that we uh, are getting this message out to more people. And the more you like it, the more you share it, the more, you know, YouTube and Facebook will start to put those out there as well. So if you have any questions about what we do, and if you want to help support what we do, go to kingdomtalksmedia.com. And uh, there's a give section and there's a, some other sections you can check out uh, just to find out a little bit more about Kingdom Talks Media. All right. So... Mr. Mike Parsons, glad to have you with us. Great to Thank be you here. for joining. Yeah, great. I always enjoy having a conversation with you. It's always interesting. So. It, yeah, they, we, we, I feel like we flow pretty good together. And we even got our colors matched. I didn't realize that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> at least my shirt matches your chair. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Mike, what, what's coming up here? Uh, and So I want to talk about physically what's coming up that you have, but also what you see coming in the future as we're continuing this journey uh, into the heavenlies and with restoration of all things. So what do you got coming up physically? Um, obviously, without being able to travel this year, and we're still sort of on travel restrictions, we're, we're, we're doing the virtual conference, Restoration of All Things 3, which we're sort of, titling Ascending Higher. Um, so that's building on the other conferences we've done with Nancy and Lindy. This time we've got Jonathan Cavan with us, who is uh, the establisher of uh, Liebusters, and he's on his own journey with restoration, which would be great to get his perspective on some things. Um, and, you know, in, in that it's building uh, on the things initial the first year we were sort of getting used to each other and sharing and the concepts and it was quite controversial at the time probably still is for some people um, right. next year it was we did a virtual conference last year because we were again in the middle of this whole lockdown thing and now we're going to do another virtual conference in june uh, june the 18th i think that is um it's a zoom you know interactive thing plus people can live stream it and watch it because it's difficult when they're all over the world to get you know necessarily exactly the right times but we're looking i'm looking forward to it um i've just worked out my five sessions uh finished that today so i'm i'm well ahead of schedule normally i'm doing that a few days before <laughs> but this time because i'm not traveling and doing other things i've got more time um so yeah. that's that's certainly something i'm really looking forward to because i think we'll get some more perspectives some added perspectives some of the encounters we've had together you know engaging with sort of restoration government groups you know earth shields have been you know quite challenging and and very enlightening and so i think that will sort of come out in different perspectives um that we share so i'm really looking forward to that definitely um so. I, I am as well what are the what are the dates for that uh, i think you said I think it's yeah, a thursday the 18th of june i think till sunday uh, the 20th is it Something like that. Seventeenth. It looks like Thursday's the seventeenth. Seventeenth. Yeah. To to yeah. the Sunday the twentieth. I think it is. Is it? Okay. Yeah. 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 Good. So basically Thursday evening our time. All day Friday. All day Saturday. All day Sunday. Um, but it will be pretty much crammed in because being virtual, you don't have to have quite so many breaks. <laughs> for, right. So we have one meal break a day, and the rest of it, everyone's be going. So. Everyone gets yeah. that five session, so it's, it'll be it'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, very good. And uh, now you also have a book that's coming out, uh, right? Or book has just come out. Um, came out um, 
month, couple of months ago, I guess. Uh, that's entitled The Restoration of All Things and my continuing journey to go beyond, beyond. Um, the first book was really testimony of got, what got me to the point of really experiencing the Father's heart for restoration and his desire to restore all things. And so I went into that in detail. I mean, it's quite a long book. I think it's 444 pages. So it's quite in-depth, you know, going into all sorts of dynamics around restoration, the scope of restoration, sonship, you know, the angelic realm, dimensional realms, you know, pretty much sort of my experiences at, up to that point of restoration and sharing what happened to me and with me and with God and a lot of engagement with the angelic realm. You know, I, I found, you know, in, even in the last year, as we've been engaging, there's been much more interaction with groups of angels, assigned groups of angels, angels which really are, are there to really help us and, and work with us within the restoration of all things agenda. And that's been opening up all sorts of different realms um, of experience. And I, I, you know, now I've got lots more that obviously I didn't put in that book because I've now got a year's worth more experiences, but right. you've got to stop somewhere and carry on uh, in a way. But the conference will, you know, bring me my experiences up to date with some of the things I've experienced recently. Um, had had a, you know, uh, a point where, okay, where God sort of gave me this, the mandate for restoration, that really was my whole journey. You know, when I look back years, you can see it's been heading this direction, even though I wouldn't have known it. And probably if I thought about it years ago, I would have like, no way I'm going there. But, you know, it's a progressive journey of unveiling and enlightenment and truth that you can take in small steps. You know, I couldn't have got from where I was to here by one giant leap. You know, it, yeah. it's many, many small steps of encounter, experience, deconstruction of my mind, thinking, expanding my understanding, my consciousness to experience who God really is, discover more of who I really am as a son. And that means the capacity that I have for sonship and what that really means in terms of abilities that most of us have been disconnected from. And God is reconnecting us to our true sonship abilities light sound creativity and all those things so it's been it's been a uh when i look back a wonderful journey really I, you know, filled with all sorts of experiences good bad getting through <laughs> overcoming um but coming to a point where I, I just know the depth of god's unconditional love for all that he created will never be overcome you know it, yeah. it will not fail it is, it is unconditional and people just need to realize it. That's the wonderful thing. It's like they don't have to jump through religious hoops, do things. It's just coming to a realization of what is already finished and complete and done for them. So we can enter into it together and becoming more of a union of family around the world with people, you know, that God wants to bring back to oneness, yeah. you know, all the separation and conflict and division that's going on in the world is so contradictory to the very character and nature of the relational perichoresis of God's relationship, that sacred dance of and conversation that they have with one another in, in intimacy. And we're invited to participate. Yeah. So I love that. So that's definitely something that I'm continuing to experience ongoingly day by day. Um, so, yeah. So with 
the restoration of all things and the first conference that you had uh, three years ago, I believe it was, um, and to where we're at today, and you've kind of already said a little bit of this, but I, I'm just looking at what are some of the major growth points that you've, you know, hit along the way in the in this whole idea of restoration of all things and the actual trying to get that message out. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I think when I, my focus in the time I, when we did the first conference, really followed on from a year of doing a, a series of, teaching conferences called Sons Arise. And so my real focus three years ago was the restoration of sonship. Because if we are not restored, then creation can't be restored. You know, it does somewhat this waiting and longing and waiting for us to be revealed and to be uh, unveiled as sons. So that really was at that point, I was much, very much focused on my experiences of sonship and restored sonship and what that meant in terms of government and our you know, position in the realms of heaven, being seated in heavenly places and all of those type of things. Then I began to experience, um, I guess, a deconstruction of my beliefs about hell, eternal conscious torment, you know, penal substitution atonement, doctrines which I was brought up with within the evangelical movement, which I my encounters with God could I could no longer believe them. You know, and then realizing having experience going into that fiery place and being able to preach there with jesus and then go there as he directed me i was able to see people saved after if you like from the fire after they physically die because death is not the end of choice you know so that was right. the first right. big, big framework of change i can remember sitting on a beach in the caribbean uh, with my wife we were on a cruise and just telling her that I no longer believed in hell as as I previously did. And she was like, oh, what do you mean? You know? <laughs> but as soon as I explained it, you know, it took me a bit to sort of tell anybody really about that whole journey. But as soon as I explained it, she was like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, I really struggle with that concept myself, but I, I couldn't say anything because a lot of people right, find right. they struggle to say something because they all get labeled you know, a heretic or a universalist or all these names. But I know that God's love won't fail and he will never give up on his children even after they die. And I've had numerous experiences and encounters, as many others have, that have seen people come into a relationship with God through Jesus, with the Father through Jesus after death. So that was the first real major move on position. And for me, um, you know, I know there are other situations with the frequency, vibration, healing, wholeness. That's another big area which I think we're moving into the restoration of health and wholeness and, and immortality, you know, which I totally am um, in agreement with. It's probably not my major focus, even though I experienced mm -hmm. it and have used it. There's not my major focus. My major focus then went on to what is the scope and limitation of restoration? And that took me on to I think Colossians one where it talks about all things being created by Jesus and through him. And, and it then says that all things were reconciled through the blood of the cross. And that was the things on heaven and things in earth that meant other angelic beings who may have fallen. And then, you know, I, I was so challenged by that concept in the beginning 
because it was so contradictory again. And I know people even now are so against that whole thing. But the father just kept leading me into that. And in the end, you know, I had no choice because he took me and said, we need to deal with this being. And it was a being called Destiny Robber. And mm. a part of our whole ministry yeah. here is to help people find their destiny. So we were being hindered and restricted. And I saw this thing really sort of interfering with what we were doing, but I didn't know what to do with it. And I felt uncomfortable doing what I would have done before, which was going you know, to take out my big sword and chop its head off and split it open right, and right. cut it off its tail and <laughs> do the sort of killing the dragon stuff. Because I really sort of think, well, you can't kill a spiritual being. You know, it's, you know, it's right. not, you, you can remove their authority perhaps by going to war against them. But more and more as my journey into intimacy with the father went, the less I comfortable I was with spiritual warfare as a negative, I'm going to come and destroy you or defeat you or come against you. Cause I just didn't see what that's what Jesus did or what God was doing. And I got to the point where I think I was accepting, look, I don't believe I can do what I did before, but I didn't know what to do. So the father took me, we engaged this being and I just engaged it with forgiveness with restoration with offering its restoration back to its original position or whatever and after a period and engagement i saw the light penetrate come through the darkness and then the light penetrated with hope and restoration as a promise and then light emerged from the scales of darkness that were covering that being and this beautiful being emerged which was destiny restorer and it's like and that being has been working with us ever since <laughs> any different way so that was the next major area that grew into and then i engaged lots of angels angelic beings fallen angelic beings in a restorational way learned how to do that safely for them for us you know done that with other people so we've done that together we've done some of that together you know so yes, that yeah. in a sense you know, was the next stage for me. And that that probably caused a couple of years ago, you know, the biggest conflict. This hell thing for some people was a big issue. For others, they were almost like, well, yeah, it doesn't really say this or the other in the Bible. So maybe, you know, we can't rule that out. But this was a no-no for a lot of people. There is right. no way fallen angels can be restored. And they used the word redeemed, unfortunately, to try and say, you can't redeem them. Jesus didn't die for them. But well, it does say that reconciliation came through the blood of the cross for all things that he created. That's what it says in yes. Colossians 1. So yeah. for me, that was like, well, he created all these things. And this is the same all things that can be re reconciled. So what's the difference between redemption and reconciliation? And I came to the realization that angelic beings were created individuals. They weren't a race. They don't have you know, an origin point in two angels that all mated and formed all the others, they were created individually. Therefore, they don't have DNA in the same sense that mankind does as a race of being. And Jesus came as a man, as a human yeah. being, to represent us and took on our form to forgive us and bring us into relationship. So to redeem us from our lost identity. Yeah. So. I see that restoration, reconciliation and restoration are, are different from redemption 
but doesn't mean that what Jesus did on the cross didn't have an implication for the whole of creation. Reconciliation was still done through the cross. Right. That was what Colossians said. So for me, that became something of, okay, yeah, that's no problem for me. I know people still struggle with that, but the people I've engaged with, very few of them have struggled with that because they're on their own journey with God and that it just resonates with them. Right. Right. Those who are, you know, coming from a very different perspective and, they, it doesn't resonate with them and therefore they oppose it. Well, that's okay. They're, they're entitled to their opinion. You know, yeah. I'm not going to, you know, come against them. They're happy there. I'm happy for them to have their opinion. It'd be great if yeah. they were happy for us to have our opinion, but it right, doesn't exactly that way. Um, yeah. but, okay. Bless them. Um, so that was the next <laughs> stage. And then, then really it was, well, are there other beings other than what we call angels? And then I began to discover that, from 2015, God had me on this journey to go beyond our present dimension of this universe into other dimensions. And therefore, there are other dimensional beings that live within those dimensions that also he was leading me to engage. And I discovered that as our sonship is producing a frequency of light and sound and hope that is reaching those other dimensions. Just as some of the negative things that we have done in our human history has reached those dimensions through the Tower of Babel and that mm-hmm. communication system, so also has are the good. There's good vibrations going out into those dimensions, and they are yeah. giving some hope and beings that living those dimensions. And I do, I can't say that those dimensions because dimensions exist in quantum physics, and they're called brains or folded space which is mathematically the production of string theory, that you need these dimensions to mathematically form these these theories. Um, But of course, none none of those scientists have ever been there. They just know theoretically and mathematically that it's not just possible, but they say is is reality. Um, They don't know how to get there. No, we would say that the realms of heaven are different from this realm. They would, that's a spiritual dimension and all the different realms of heaven we could say that God lives outside of time and space in an eternal dimension. But it seems that there are also other dimensions which are were connected to this dimension because our, as sons, we were commissioned, if you like, to bring them into a union with the whole of the rest of creation. Um, and so I you know, discovered that I could go to those dimensions, engage them and begin to bring hope for restoration and since then you know i think i've been to 40 plus different dimensions engaged beings which are humanoid very non-humanoid light being i mean all sorts of different things now yeah from what i've can discern and from what god said to me and from some historical things it seems that some have accessed this dimension through gateways which have been opened hmm. which has invited them in now some therefore would see perceive those as being you know aliens ets little green men or whatever from other the greys or whatever they call them from other places within our universe or other planets my personal perspective on that and my experience is that they come through constellational portals but they come from another dimension not from a planet within this one and that's not to say that they don't engage this dimension and may yeah. operate on some of those things, but they weren't created in a same way um, that we have 
on the earth but yeah. there's a lot to discover about that so that was the that was really i think the thing i've been really engaged with in the last year or two has really been engaging those dimensions portals the guardians that are guardian those portals councils that are looking to engage and stop their interference with what's going on here in terms of restoration and so i think the last year or so since we've formed an earth shield to shield the earth from external influence that has given both a platform to see things on the earth begin to connect with creation with the elemental yeah. creation with the earth core with the earth itself and begin without hindrance or so much hindrance if you like to re reconnect with creation on the earth then also that gives a platform for then being able to access those dimensions and you know we have you know traveled out to those portals you know engaged in in that and that's certainly one very sort of big sort of dimensional place that i've begun to engage the last couple of years alongside that learning about the creative process of sonship that enables us to be unlimited and unrestricted by time i think time you know we we engage time as a being you know the last mm -hmm. time we got together right we, we connected with it began to partner with it you know, did some things because of that i've engaged that subsequently and previously about five different times you know in different ways to reconnect with time in the way which it was designed for us too and i think learning how to live in quantum moments learning how to expand and contract quantum moments, do things that would take years in a moment and remember them. All of that I've been yeah. learning to do because restoration is going to require us to function creatively. So there's a lot also alongside that, which is more of the our consciousness ability to choose realities, engage with quantum light, engage with those you know living light beings that form reality as photons when they respond to the voice of god and when we are aligned to the voice of god as oracles of his voice the sound of many waters they respond mm -hmm. to us mm -hmm. and we've had encounters obviously where we've seen light respond to us and you know engage and engaging in places of spiritual dynamics of you know the the chamber of creation you know cradle of life you know and we discovered those yeah. things together in fact you know we we, yeah. we were on joint encounters where we discovered going through that portal which is behind me right now you know into the <laughs> chamber of creation going into the father's garden through golden gates and i think adina led us through those golden gates and we i found that that was a place of what, what the father said to me here is the cradle of life here is where you brood here is where you come into the alignment with my intent and my purpose and then you become a voice and then yeah chamber of destiny behind the waterfall within the father's garden that became a place where you begun to become a voice amplify and engage with the chamber of life and light responded i mean all of that has been a process of learning creative things in the last year or so you know which is yeah awesome. and, you know. and, I, and i think out of those encounters that we've all done together that we've uh excuse me <coughs> You know, we've all had significant experiences that have been taken into a whole new level in in each of our ministries. And uh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, I haven't always shared mine, you know, uh, publicly. But um, you know, some of the things that I've encountered happen while we're on those, you know, engagements. And um, 
uh, I'll just share one because it was it was interesting, and not everybody agrees with this. And it's that's what I love about our group is that we don't have to agree on everything. It's just that's your experience, and this is mine, and so on and so forth. But um, <clears throat> I I was I remember we were engaging someplace when and it was just beautiful. You know, a lot of things that we were experiencing. I'm just thinking, wow, I would love to be able to take my physical body there. Love to be able to just, you know, get my body there. And I, I noticed an angel standing nearby and I said, how do I get my body to, you know, you know be transported to where we're at in the spirit? Mm-hmm. And, and the angel just kind of looked at me a little strange and he said, why would you want to do that? And his point, you know, and I'll make it short. I wrote an article on it, but I, he, his point was, you have the DNA that unlocks every dimension you'd ever want to go to. And fathers are revealing those to you little by little so that you can go there. <clears throat> but as we go there in the spirit, we're actually taking our, you know, we're creating confined energy in the form of spiritual engagement in those areas. So we're there. We're literally there by that creation of our confined energy there. And he says, this is your base. This is your foundation. You get to go wherever you want to go. And it's all right here. Now, he didn't say you would never take your body, but he just said, why do you want to take your body? You know, because there's sometimes where it is beneficial, but it's not a thing that, you know, and and he kind of at the same time was helping me realize my heart. My -hmm. heart was, well, if I can take my body, then I've arrived. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Because that's what everybody wants to do. Yeah, I think it is that sense (laughs) of, well, that's the evidence. You know, when exactly. I'm there physically, that's really real. And this really isn't real. This is maybe my imagination. And I think they lessen the spiritual dynamic with, well, it's not the same as the physical. It is just right. as me as any physical reality I've ever experienced. It there is. is no difference. And I think Paul yeah. said that. I don't sure I'm in the body, out of the body. and didn't really matter to him. He just had right. this encounter with, in the heavens that exactly. was life transforming for him and it is you know it has been for me you know and the same thing it's like i have those experiences and sometimes you get those moments of oh yeah why why did i think i needed to do that you know right right and because <laughs> because we we are conditioned into certain things and i think god's de- you know deconstructing us deprogramming us so we can revealing just... things in us <laughs> yeah, absolutely so we can learn to yeah. be at rest not striving for the next thing, but just being. And from that being, everything beginning to flow in a in a way. And I think, again, ultimately, yeah, I do believe the restoration of all things will restore the relationship that of between the spiritual and the physical realms. And all yeah. the cloud of witnesses that are currently in the spiritual realm surrounding us, still, still interacting with us, but not physically, we will be able to physically engage with them because we will all have whatever the future body or dynamic right, right. is where spiritual and physical really isn't separated anymore will be restored. And it was like that originally God walked with Adam in his garden, Adam walked with God in his garden. You know, there was this, not this, you know, dualistic view of separation between the physical and spiritual. And I think that will eventually be restored and there may well be experiences along the way, which, sort of spur you on to that but in reality to me i don't have to be there physically it's no less real you know my spiritual i mean i've translated spiritually all different parts in in time and space and it physically manifested and engaged people and touched them they touched me you know so i know my physical body can manifest no different than an angel actually manifesting in physical form our spirit has the ability to do it 
Yeah. Well, and the, you know, the article I wrote focused on confined energy because that's that's what we are. But then uh, air molecule is confined energy as well, but we can't see it. Yeah. And when we're operating in the spirit, that's still a frequency and a confined energy, but it's in a different place and yeah. in a different form to where wherever we're at, um, who knows, you know, it's every experience is different as to whether we show up in a form that they can see us if we're in a place where we're engaging with other beings, which usually they do, because I, I believe that they have a totally different perception of frequencies and, and are able to see things that we can't currently in this physical world, but that as we continue to operate in practice that, you know, we're going to be able to progress in that as well. But, you know, back to the idea of the other beings uh, being uh, restored, yeah. I, I, I can't help but think that, you know, God created those other beings. They obviously have choice because they chose to take a different route and they fell. Yeah. So if they have choice, you know, the only way that they could ever, you know, I, well, I shouldn't say the only way. My understanding with my loving God, my loving father, is that he's not going to take away their freedom of choice. So even if they're put into you know a place where you know they've got to really contemplate what they've done <laughs> whether that be a hell of some sort or or what but they still have choice unless he completely destroys them and annihilates them and that's again not uh, not what we see even in scripture that's been interpreted to look that way there's other ways to interpret those scriptures and that's what i would just encourage anybody to go back and relook i mean even google it there's there's paper there's a uh, you know, websites out there that you know can help you, and then actually your book that's coming out is probably a great place to just go and look for the evidence that some of these scriptures have not been interpreted properly. They've been interpreted by the people who believed one thing, therefore they took the Greek and the Hebrew, which had several different ways you could interpret one word, and they interpreted it in a way that fit their paradigm. And this is what we get today. And it's, it's wow, talk about a powerful influence on the world. Yep. Those people that translated it. Yep. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. And I think for me, big impact. been my journey, really. It's been a deconstructing of those belief systems that were programmed into me by experience you know no one has convinced me i haven't gone and studied to get this yeah. where i am now i experienced it and right, therefore right. i'm not going to deny my experiences based on my beliefs which i now know weren't right you know um i know everyone's on a journey so everyone's having experiences um i think once you begin to engage god face to face those experiences accelerate yeah, yeah. the process of deconstruction and renewing and expansion of consciousness you know, I mean, the Bible says, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right. So the way, and that's why, you know, Paul said, you know, the renewal of your mind, do not be conformed to this world. And he was really talking about the world, the religious world, the, the political world, the world they were living in. Don't be conformed by these moles that these people want to put you in. Be yeah. transformed by the renewing of your mind as a process that would then enable you to see the truth of who God is, who we are, creation from a different perspective. And yeah, my experiences renewed my mind. You know, they so challenged. Same here. I believe they renewed my mind. Now I don't have any doubts because I have experienced the things that I write about. You know, I'm not put in a theoretical science fiction book, although it can appear quite weird. Some of the experiences, <laughs> it's actually my actual encounters, you know, where I went into a dimension or I engaged a fallen angelic being, but I gave choice. 
Yeah, first, my, my response in engaging a fallen angel, and not all of them are, are compliant. You know, they're, they're, they're in the opposition yeah. camp, you could say, you know. Well, but you've got to penetrate what they believe because they believe because we have told them that they can't be restored. So they don't believe there's any possibility yeah. or any hope. So they're deceived. So if you can penetrate their deception <laughs> with hope by, no, I choose to forgive you. God forgives you. The Father says he forgives yes. you. I forgive you. I'm not holding this against you. That you can be restored. What were you before you fell into this deception? Remind yes. them of the joy that they had and their identity. You can begin to break down the resistance and yes. they then make the choice eventually. Well, Some you know, the, and that, that, that leads to, you know, for me, living in basically 50 years of pretty severe depression at times, pretty, pretty, you know, yeah, really struggling to want to just live type of depression. Having that familiar spirit that engaged me, that spirit of depression over and over through those years, when I finally realized I could just say no, and, you know, it, it wasn't for me just a no, it was a yelling and screaming at it and, you know, I'm done with you, that type of thing. Well, before I understood restoration of all things, you know, I had I had gotten rid of it. And then when it would come back, man, I would just, in the spirit, I would just beat the crap out of it. <laughs> I literally just like, I will, nothing to do with you. But then since learning restoration of all things, you know, my tendency has been just want to, you know, if it comes to to knock on the door. And, and I have not struggled with depression for over five years now. Mm -hmm. And and it's just been beautiful. I love it. I realize I just had the power to say no. But, you know, it was no with, uh, let me beat the crap out of you as well, you know. and mm -hmm. And then... As I learned restoration, I, I would I would start to say, um, you know, you, you can't be here. I don't want you here. You need to leave. However, if you do want to talk about who you really are, then let's talk. Hmm. That's, you know, I've had those opportunities three different times. And uh, each time it is just like goes away. Hmm. So either way, it kind of works for me right now because I'm not going to engage with it as depression. But if yeah. it wants to talk about who it is, okay. And otherwise... Move on. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I, I have a, I suppose it's part of my destiny and mandate to engage in these things. And therefore, you know, the father's led me into it and opened up that realm. And I do feel compassion. I really yeah. feel love for fallen beings because they were once beautiful <laughs> beings, part of, part of the original creation. And I long for them to be restored as does yeah. the father. You know, he didn't create them for, to be fallen. He didn't create them for right, destruction. Right. He created them to be part of this dynamic that we have because they were yeah. created for those who are heirs of salvation, yeah. inheritors of salvation. I mean, it's like they were created to interact with us. You know, and yes, they've, they've done their interaction, but they've done it in a negative way. Well, if we right. can restore them to positive interaction, we have mm -hmm. so many more for us than against us. Yeah. yeah. And therefore, yeah. we shift the balance. And we tip the scales towards more and more restoration because there's less and less opposition. Yeah. Well, I've, you know, and I've worked to restore other beings. It's just like this one, you know, has a very touchy spot in me that has been healed and is continually to be healed. And, and so I, I just think, um, 
there, there might be places and times where we have some open doors or weaknesses in those areas that we, yeah. you know, obviously can be healed from. So I still need to be healed more in that area that uh, I can face that thing and not have to say, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but but I could actually engage with it. And I've offered yeah. it, like I said, but it has just left. Um, what I learned but... to do was to overshadow those beings with my spirit yeah. and bring them into me in a sense. I know people would say, oh, no, you're inviting things into. I'm not inviting them into my soul, into my being, but I, I overshadow them. Just as I put my spirit around my family or a conference, I, I overshadow them and they then begin to see I'm genuine because they don't believe yeah. They, they doubt. And because people keep saying, hey, you're going to be destroyed. You can't be restored or redeemed, whatever they say to them. It's like they have they are. Well, who am I going to believe? You know, you're right, saying right. this. And then, you know, we come out with the restoration of all things conference. And then another minister comes out and says, no, none of these things can be restored. You know, so that there's this conflict and there's this yeah. uh, confusion that's out there. Yeah. So I, and found, I, and I could just see. Yeah. Engaging them. In within the genuineness of love, that's what yeah. makes the difference because it, they yeah. may not immediately respond, but they feel and they sense there isn't deception here. There is love. Yeah. You know? Well, and this this being of depression, probably we're going to have to have a little more time of uh, uh, communication because it, it probably is is a little, you know, since I beat the snot out of it so many other times before. <laughs> Well, it might take a little it, bit of time to. Again, it depends really on what it is, you know, because I, I, I still at this moment see a distinction between different spiritual entities. So for me, fallen yeah. angels were angels created by God who fell with Lucifer, you know, third of the angels, whichever you want to look at it. For me, what we call demons, you know, yeah. are not the same. And I wouldn't be at this moment. My my personal experience is. I have not seen a demon restored, you know, who, who was a demon because yeah. I see demons as the dispossessed souls of those who were not human and never had a human spirit before the flood at the flood. So yeah. I have that view. Now, I don't know whether that might change at the moment. I see a difference and Jesus cast out demons. He didn't, you know, but it doesn't talk about other than when Jesus engaged with, uh, in the desert with Satan Lucifer in the desert in his in his thing and you know on a couple of occasions almost like before he went to the cross and other times where you felt there was some conflict going on you know you know but at that moment he, he hadn't gone through the cross so he hadn't reconciled or created things through his death on the cross through his blood so he hadn't done it so you couldn't say what he would do now uh, or what he wants us to do now based on what he did when he was on earth totally because he hadn't gone through that process he hadn't gone into Hades Sheol and brought everyone yeah. out and all of that so there was a difference before the cross and after the resurrection and I sort of still am at that point where I don't know what's going to happen to what I would call we normally call demons as opposed to fallen angels because I do see them as separate entities um but I'm sort of because the father hadn't told me, you know. Right, right, yeah. But I had an encounter the other day with some some guardians and different things, and I asked the father, you know, in a little bit of an accusatory tone, because it was a little bit like, well, why didn't you make enough of these beings? 
You know, it's like, you know, there didn't seem to be enough of them. Why didn't you make enough of them? And, and his reaction was, well, we left a lot in creation for you to do. You know, so maybe what happens to those beings is will be down to us. And what we choose to do. Yeah. And yeah. Whether our creative abilities can be placed in that direction it came to me in a in an engagement the other day and, and i was talking to somebody and we were talking about it and it almost the light came on and says when god said he's left things undone maybe it's actually our role and not yeah. his yeah, so yeah. i just yeah. i'm not saying i can nail that down categorically but it was definitely something i began to ponder about yeah. what possibly could happen um, rather yeah. than what i don't know about you know, that was like, hmm, maybe there's something creative that we will begin to do, which Absolutely. goes beyond where we presently are. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I want to take a quick break and uh, we'll come back right after this. And, and I've got some other questions a little bit different direction. So we'll be right back. Hey there. Thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We want to take a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups around the world are using this course to shift into Kingdom Age thinking. If you're ready to step into what Father is doing now, then this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Online Classes tab. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Um, so, Mike, I wanted to just look at this, uh, um, the relationship. We, we just were trying to talk about it on the break, but it was too short there. But <laughs> um, just uh, there's a lot of people in, in our, you know, kingdom uh, community that are you know looking at uh, you know stuff like Joe Dispenza, which I'm actually I'm looking at it right now because I I, I believe that he's doing a lot of um, what we're doing, but he's got different language for it. And what I'm looking at, you know, I'm going to be going away to write myself, uh, you know, for a week here soon, and just looking at what Father's showing me and how what he is saying is reaching the world. But we're already doing it. We're already doing it in the heavens. When we go into the heavens without an agenda, which is a big thing with you know Joe Dispenza's teachings, that you got to go there with no person, no no thing, no no place, no no nothing. <clears throat> it's just like a complete void. Uh, I like what we do, and Father showed me that it is what we do. That when we go into the heavenly kingdom without an agenda, we're going there and we're laying everything down to allow Him to do what He wants to do and to show us what He wants to show us and. To me, that is the cosmic, the, the Christ consciousness. It's the source. Yeah. It's what the universe, whatever you want to call it. But it's with relationship yeah. versus just this void. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say for me, that's the point where there's truth and then there's truth, which is relational. And there is truth, which is stuff which I know to be true. I resonate with it as truth. But there's there's a component which is the relational aspect of engaging with father, which is missing from that doesn't mean yes. it's not true. And it doesn't right. mean that it's not effective, mm -hmm. but it may it's not complete. You know, so for me, there's if if it if isn't it's not relational, then there's something missing from it. And that's yes. really what I would say when I read something or when I come across something, I immediately 
engage my spiritual senses to see what frequency does this carry. Mm-hmm. And if it's got a frequency which is a negative energy, dark energy, anything which I know is not aligned to the Father, then I know to avoid it and to know, hey, this has not got the right vibration on it. I'm gonna, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to go there. But there are some yeah. things which I know are vibrating and have the right frequency. It has a resonance to it, which is very similar to the things I've experienced with the Father. But it doesn't have that fullness of relationship with the Father in which then I could say, no, I agree with what's being said there. But I don't agree necessarily with all the conclusions that are drawn from those things. And I think we can draw from from truth, which is from many different sources, because truth is truth. Mm -hmm. And truth comes from quantum physicists. It comes from all sorts of different people who are speaking the truth and they're revealing things which are awesome and amazing. But their conclusion, either, well, there is no real God or, well, there's more of a force I wouldn't agree with. But I wouldn't reject the the actual truth that I can resonate with within what they're saying or doing. Right. You know, I'm sure Dr. Yeah. Emoto, who was talking about our, our intent, our intention and focused intention, which has an effect on water and water crystals mm-hmm. and all of that, and his intention cleansed a, a lake from pollution, I'm sure he probably wasn't coming from a Christian perspective, but I totally agree with the concept of what he's saying. Yeah. You know, and I do believe our joint intention and when we come together in agreement is powerful. Yes. In a, a very positive way. Lynn McTaggart, who does the, you know, the sort of thought intention stuff, intention stuff. She also does things like that, where they come together with an intention for find someone who's been lost or whatever. And there's a very positive sense to that. And I find that they're doing something good. Yeah. And it totally resonates with the father's heart. And I've no issue with that. I just wouldn't buy into all of the philosophy that they exactly. may be coming with because it probably doesn't come from a relational perspective with my dad, you know? Right. Uh, and therefore I'm, but I can park that. That's okay. doesn't mean yeah. I can't enjoy some of the things they say, which is awesome stuff, but I just yeah. wouldn't necessarily say, Oh no, I endorse everything that guy says because I accept this aspect of what he says. And I think we need to be discerning, you know, and love, love and gives that's where we're at. Point. I can agree with love wherever it comes from. Yeah. But I'm not going to agree with anything that leaves my father out of the equation. Right. Yeah. To me, it's a, it, it actually, uh, because we know father, we know that experience to me, that is a massive, massive jump in power and authority. When we understand that we're operating in relationship, yeah. I mean, even even if you tried to look at the universe as just a source, why the heck did it create everything then if it wasn't for relationship? Why did it create people? Why did it, you know, it's all for relationship. And so now we're trying to create this thing where we're getting rid of relationships so that we can just be in this void and uh, and then with intent to make anything happen that we want to. And mm. that is not what Jesus did. You know, Jesus went to the Father to see what the Father was doing, which meant there was relationship, and he wasn't just like willy-nilly doing whatever he wanted to, but rather looking at what, uh, you know, the one, the Father, is doing. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And And I think, you know, I think there are two things. You don't counterfeit something which is no value. So there are righteous, real things behind some things which are counterfeits. And I wouldn't be interested in the counterfeit whatsoever, but I would want to be seeing what is the right just behind that? What is 
yeah. what isn't yeah. what is real about it and if, avoid the counterfeit and i'm not don't need a counterfeit one is real yeah. i wouldn't assume that everything has a right as a real behind it i because hey i i, I couldn't say that because i don't know so i wouldn't make the assumption oh let's find what's behind this because it may not necessarily have something good behind it right per se so i think discernment is what's needed the more time you spend with the truth in the presence of the truth in the light of truth in the frequency of truth the easier it is to discern which that which doesn't align with that truth yeah and then that which does and then you can be drawn to that which does you can you know avoid that which doesn't and there are things like you know meditation I have no issue with meditation whatsoever. It's, it's the Bible's full with the, the encouragement to meditate. Very yeah. little, if none, of, to study. And we've developed a huge study culture within Christianity and and lost the meditation thing and passed it over. In a sense, then does that mean that just because we use the same word as transcendental meditation, that the practice is the same? No, that's where we need discernment. It's the same with mysticism. Just because we might use mystic from a Christian perspective, I'm not going to get involved with some weird new age mystic. Just because we use the same terminology, right. the <laughs> meaning behind the terminology right. needs to be discerned. So I wouldn't go into a meditative state and empty myself and invite whatever to come and fill me because yeah, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. think that's wise. That isn't what Christian meditation is. Christian meditation is focused meditation on something good god yes. jesus the presence love peace joy it's not emptying it's focusing right. and being filled with what you're focusing on in a positive sense so you know we just well, need to be discerning and and avoid yeah. <laughs> jumping to conclusions and accepting everything just because there may be some aspects of truth let's be discerning about what we you know accept yeah. and not accept within that so for me, trying to help people uh, bring things into a, a balance, I guess, is, you know, when I have a, a when my heart has a desire or I have an intent, my way of uh, uh, that I understand to, to best for me personally, this is my experience, is that I will go into the heavens. I will go before the father. I will take my heart's desire and my intent. I will take it to him, but I lay it down before him. In other words, I'm submitting it to him in relationship, and then I'm backing away. I'd, I've tried to stop, and this is you know controversial, and, and I mean, not in a bad way, but it just some people have opinion one way, some have another way. I am very strong in the idea of I go there with an expectancy that he's a good God, he loves me, he has my best in mind. I take my heart's desire and my intent. I lay it down before him. I don't come there saying, God, I want it this way. I want you to, you know, I want you to fulfill this desire like this with uh, all these details already lined up. And, and I'm going to put all my emotion into that so I get exactly what I want versus you're a good father. Yeah. I know you have greater things for me than I could ever imagine. So here's my heart's desire. Here's my intent. Here's the direction. And I lay it down before him to let him use his trillions of ways that he could fulfill it that would probably be, you know, you know, every one of them almost every one of them would be better than what I even desire for myself, trusting that he's going to give me what is best. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. And that I might that. be what I think, you know, that, and that's what I've come to the conclusion. I'm not going to trust my thinking in all things because sometimes my thinking is shaped by things I want and they may not be good for me all the time. 
you know, right. and, and they may not be totally bad, but they may not be the best. And God wants to give us the best, not just what's good. And sometimes right, exactly. we ask for good things, which could be the enemy of the best things that he wants to give us. Yep. You know, yep. it's like, <clears throat> but he will give us sometimes the things that we want. You know, mm-hmm. you know, if we if we if we really sort of, you know, well, you know, but but he's but become he, an idol in our heart. Yeah, because he still wants to bring good. Yeah. out of whatever we do because he's such yeah. a good loving god and i think my what i try and do now is to dwell and abide in his presence and not come in and out of his presence consciously right yeah. um in a way then that i'm i'm surrounded by the the matrix of light and his thoughts and intents that i just i'm shaped by and then my heart you know is is shaped by what's in his heart rather than I'm going and bringing something which is independently of his heart, which I thought uh, was a good idea. I tend, yeah. you know, I used to do that a lot um, because that's, that's where you learn, isn't it? And then you learn to, Hey, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe my motive wasn't quite in that, you know, right. it's okay. Exactly. Cause God's gentle and he's loving yes. and he's kind and he, he's not going to beat us up because we come, you know, sometimes with a sort of slightly selfish motive or a mixed motive in some way, but he's wanting to train us so that we, do have pure hearts and i right. found being in the light and engaging in that wonderful light of his presence and the truth and love of that light helps me to just align myself with him you know and then i'm much less concerned about doing and i don't even really think too much about doing stuff anymore i just want to be because if i am yeah. that being then everything else will be framed around that now, that doesn't mean that life is perfect because other people are involved in life, you know, and they might not align with my desires or being wanting whatever. And I can't, you know, in a sense, I can't try and manipulate people into wanting to fulfill yeah. my desires or goals because they've got their own choices and things. And I've got sometimes you have to accept some people are not going to want what you want and they're not right. going to want to be in relationship with you. And you've got to accept that even though you don't want that to be true. I mean, I want, I would want relationship and friendship with everybody as much right. as I could, you know, but yeah. I know some people don't want that. So you have to accept that. Obviously yeah. those who are closer to you, if that happens, then that becomes more of a painful experience to go through. You have to let people go or let things go. And it's yes. like, okay, this might be my expectation. And I really want us to be in this relationship and for this relationship to be good or whatever, but you don't. Uh, okay. So that hurts me. That upsets me. I'm pained by that, but I'm not going to try and manipulate you. I might say to God, please, God, change their heart. <laughs> you know, please, I don't want to break relation or not be in relationship. But ultimately, I've got to leave it with God. And so there are exactly. points where I know I can legislate and govern and bring bring government. And there are points where I have to leave it and trust him and say, look, you know, my heart here, you know, it's always going to be for relationship. Uh, but I, I'm going to hand this over to you and let you work this out because I'm not going to interfere because I can make it worse. You know, if I try right. and try and, well, I'm using my authority here you know, to, to fix this or sort this out or change someone's mind, I'm probably going to make it worse. So from those situations, I, okay, I trust you. I cast my burdens onto you. You know what I want, you know what I think you want, but, Bottom line, I'm just going to leave it with you. And there are certain things where, you know, we shouldn't try and make something happen. 
when it's That's good That's when good. really it's when someone else is involved you know i would always encourage people do not set goals that are dependent on someone else for their fulfillment because you're going to get disappointed you know yeah set a goal which is designed around what god gives you to do and what is in your destiny yeah but don't get disappointed with people when they don't match up to your expectation or fulfill what you want them to do you know yeah allow them to do that yeah and it might sometimes be disappointing when people don't it can be want want to do something relationally or enter into something it's like okay (laughs) but love them bless them forgive them and you know allow god to deal with them whatever way he wants to because he's so much wiser than i am yeah. And, you know, I don't want to, I do not want to create a whole load of Ishmael situations around the world with, with me trying to help God out with other right. people in, in a, in yeah. something, you know, it's, I know he's, he's got the bigger picture. He sees so exactly. much more than I do. And I, sometimes exactly. you just got to trust him, even though I don't understand, I do trust. Right. Right. And that's what I, I think Jesus taught us is, is just that he would only do what he saw the Father doing and yeah. we would trust and just not try to manipulate things to get exactly what we want. You know, because that is what the, the world is trying to teach us is that uh, you can just, you know, <clears throat> bring into existence anything you want. You know, the, uh, the, the secret and, you know, things like that where you know, it's all based on you. resonance. If it becomes formulaic, it, it will have lost the relational. Yeah. And whenever I see something presented as a formula, <clears throat> this works if you do this. And God isn't in it, or the relational isn't in it. I'm, I think they've only got part of the picture here, and right. it could get into works, dead works. Yeah. Oh yeah. Driving an effort, you know, yeah. because if it doesn't work out, you can try and make it work out, and that's really fraught with all sorts of danger, really. Well, we're basically out of time, um, but uh, do you have time to do a behind the scenes? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, because I, I actually want to take this conversation even further and deeper because we've had this conversation ongoing for about two or three weeks on our, our weekly uh, Tuesday come to the table uh, and the idea of, um, you know, again, taking all this stuff uh, to the point where, you know, the oneness and all that, basically people some people are just getting to that place where they're saying well i'm god <laughs> i'm one with god therefore i am god i can just do whatever i want to do so mm-hmm. i want to talk about that in the behind the scenes section because it's a it's a pretty hot topic it's yeah. been pretty hot so cool. okay. all right well thank you everybody for watching and uh blessings to all of you really encourage you to please share this like it get it out to as many as you can and uh, if you'd like to support us and see the behind the scenes, go to kingdomtalksmedia.com and uh, check out the menu items. There's one there that on the drop down that says behind the scenes. Click on that. And uh, it's $10 a month just to uh, help support us and get uh, all the videos earlier as well as get the behind the scenes. So love all of you. Thank you so much. Mike, thank you again so much for being on here. Really appreciate you. Awesome. Love you. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah.